What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. We have quite a week in store for you all with the podcast. Hey, it's Christmas week. Hanukkah's over. By the way, I hope all my Jewish friends had a happy Hanukkah, and I hope all of my fellow Christians and non-Christians alike that celebrate Christmas. Hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. It's going to be, again, a great week. Today is Sunday, the 20th of 2020, December 20th, and we have a lot to discuss today with the College Football Selection Committee making its decision. We have a four. I don't love it. I'm not in a great mood right now, but uh, because this episode, I might be a little more critical, and I like being positive. I like telling good stories. I got a great episode coming out a little later. Uh, This is, by the way, by the time you're listening to this, it's Monday or Tuesday. And so by now, the other episode that I'm talking about, it's much shorter. It's probably only about a half hour long. But one of my favorite things about conference championship weekend, what we just watched over the weekend, it was a great weekend, by the way. Lots of great sports. Conference championship weekend, the Dr. Pepper tuition giveaway. It is so fun. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, at halftime of the conference championship games, all the major conference championships, the Power 5 schools, they bring out a student that is attempting to win some scholarship money. So they throw footballs through a hole or through a cutout, and they have 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and whoever can throw more through the hole wins $100,000. Now, this year they did a little different because of COVID. They weren't on the field. But I have joining me a winner from last year. She won the Big 12. At the Big 12 Conference Championship game, she won the Dr. Pepper tuition giveaway. And her name is Jaslyn Rodriguez Hernandez. She has a really great story of coming from a low-income community, being the first in her family to attend college, and winning a hundred grand in scholarship money, you can find out what it was like for her, how she got out there on that field. Maybe there's some tips for future. If any of our listeners try to throw their hat in the ring in the future, so that was a lot of fun. And by the way, as I mentioned, a lot of college football to discuss today. Our NFL episode will come out later in the week. I will be speaking with Rachel Gerhardt, and Rachel and I will talk some NFL. We'll talk the Christmas movie bracket, which we've had going on for the past few weeks. We're down to our championship round, so make sure you are voting on that on my Twitter and Instagram, at Show. You can log on to jackvita.com to get a look at the whole bracket. I've also written some pieces over there over the last week. I wrote why the committee should expand the playoffs to eight teams and also why I believe Cincinnati should have been included in the playoff. If you want to check all of that out, go to jackvita.com. We're brought to you by our sponsors, CBS All Access, in my opinion, the best streaming service in the game. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS to get a free one-week trial. If you're wanting to shop for your family, go to jackvita.com slash fanatics and get some great sports gear, memorabilia, and apparel for your loved ones. I'm sure they'll love it. I got someone in my family a really cool t-shirt. And uh, at this time, I'd like to welcome in our guest, 
for the day. I lined him up several weeks in advance. I wanted to have him for this particular weekend. He's a huge college football fan. He played Division I college football. He was a quarterback at Valparaiso University. He's a great friend of mine, and now he works for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Scott Stahl is his name. How are you doing, Scotty? Jack, I'm great, brother. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to talk a little college football here today. Oh, yes. I'm glad to have you here. I could not have picked a better guest. Before we do the college football thing, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we've had this uh, greatest Christmas movie bracket that I've been running on my website and on social media. We have our championship coming up tomorrow. The voters and listeners of the podcast, they voted championship coming up Elf versus Home Alone. Who you got in that matchup, Scotty? Yeah, you know, that's a tough one. You know, you got two uh, two heavy hitters coming at you. You know, I, I personally, I think you got to go with Elf, man. I mean, what uh, yeah. what a movie that has stood the test of time, right? You know, <laughs> you got to you got to go with that for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think Elf is the best one. Personal favorite of mine, the Santa Claus, which just got bounced out of the Final Four by Home Alone. But I think the the listeners did a really great job. They put Home Alone. Elf, the Santa Claus, and Charlie Brown Christmas as your final four. I couldn't have asked for a better final four, personally. Those are classics, for sure. Yeah, those are definitely some good... That's a good top four. You know, the college <laughs> football playoff of uh, Christmas movies. They, they did a good job, for sure. Yeah, maybe maybe my listeners should be the selection committee, and we get an outcome <laughs> that I'd be a little happier with here. Hey, I was going to say, I know you are you have some mixed feelings, so maybe, uh, maybe you need to give a couple of your uh, listeners into the college football playoff selection committee uh, <laughs> moving forward. I wish I had that power. By the way, we will be <laughs> talking some NFL today right now, recording this on a Sunday as the NFL games are going on. We just have so much college football to discuss. So this college football is going to get its own podcast today. I'll talk NFL later in the week with Rachel Gerhardt. We'll also talk more about the Christmas movies and we'll probably talk little bit on uh, MTV's The Challenge. New season just started. Let's talk some college football, Scotty. So I'm going to hand it over to you for a moment here. Top four, did they get it right? What are your thoughts, your primary thoughts on this uh, selection that they made? Yeah, you know, I, I think they got the top three definitely right. You know, um, obviously Alabama, you know, 11 and 0 undefeated, you know, undoubtedly yeah. the number one, um, no surprise there. Clemson, um, you know, they did, they, you know, had an incredible game yesterday against Notre Dame and beat them in, in really, um, kind of Clemson fashion, um, you yeah. know, with Trevor Lawrence <laughs> back doing his thing. And so, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, always, um, always in the mix and to see them at the number two spot was no surprise. And then obviously getting down to Ohio state and, just, you know, the phenomenal season that Justin Fields is having. Trey Sermon had, you know, a huge day yesterday with 331 yards on the ground. I mean, um, you know, obviously a, a little discrepancy within the Big Ten world as far as, you know, should they be there, should they not, you know, with, um, you know, some of the, the uh, games that they had to, uh, uh, you know, curb aside because of their COVID. But, um, you know, obviously they're, you know, undoubtedly just a really solid football team. Yeah coming in and um, winning the big 10 championship against Northwestern 22 to 10. I mean, uh, they were rolling, you know, and, and it's good to see, it's good to see a strong Ohio state team 
in the college football playoff with a real, you know, a really good shot at doing something special um, here in the postseason. Obviously, then, you know, we get down to that number four spot, you know, the, the coveted number four spot in the college football playoff. And, and every year, this is the one that uh, is, you know, that, that's the make or break. That's the bubble right. spot. And uh, if you're a five team looking in, you're always going, OK, what, what should we have done to um, really just uh, win the eyes of the college football playoff selection committee? And, you know, Notre Dame squeezing into that number four spot, obviously, Texas A&M looking in at number five. Uh, man, you know, there's there's arguments both sides, you know, and I think, um, you know, is Notre Dame a great football team? Absolutely. Um, you know, does Texas A&M put in, uh, you know, their two cents and, and make a bid as far as why they should be part of it? You know, uh, unquestionably as well. And so, man, you know, I, I, I think that's one where um, depending on which part of the country you live and which <laughs> conference is your allegiance, uh, you know, the, the ACC folks or, you know, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame country is, you know, uh, loving it. If you're in the SEC, you're kind of scratching your head going, hey, we, we don't have, uh, you know, uh, a really solid Jimbo Fisher team, you know, in the mix. So, man, I tell you what, you know, I'm I'm still trying to digest uh, Notre <laughs> Dame and what, what, what all is going down there. But uh, what, what are your thoughts, Jack? Scott, I'll do you one better. I would say Notre Dame really I thought I wrote a piece on this on jackvita.com so people who want to read this and go a little deeper on it they can do so at my website but my my thesis was Notre Dame had one job yesterday just don't get blown out if they can keep that game mm-hmm. close then we can have the Clemson Notre Dame rematch as a 2-3 in the playoff and I think that'd be really cool if that was a, a relatively close game and they each won one then the the third part of the trilogy would be exciting to watch. Yesterday's game was not exciting. Trevor Lawrence was back on the field, and it made a huge difference. I don't think Mm -hmm. Notre Dame Mm -hmm. can keep up with Clemson, with Alabama. I don't think they're there. I think they had their opportunity yesterday. And again, all they had to do is keep that game close. I wasn't asking them to beat Clemson twice. That's that's a tall ask. So Notre Dame's out for me. A&M had their crack at Alabama earlier in the year, lost by 28 points. So they didn't qualify for the SEC title game. So I I would cross them off the school. I'm looking at, Scott, I want to give Cincinnati an opportunity in there. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you look at, um, yeah, they're a solid Cincy team too, you know, and they they make a a strong argument. And, um, you know, it just goes to show, and I will say this, you know, I really, um, I am a fan of the way that they have structured this college football playoff, you know, for, you know, a handful of years, um, you know, we, there was always the commotion about the, the BCS and um, that championship game and, you know, who's number one, who's number two. Yeah. And if you were a, a number three team, it was, ah oh, man, you know, it's just, it, it didn't seem like it was um, incredibly fair. And so I do say that I enjoy seeing the college football playoff and how it's panned out now over you know, five or six seasons, whatever it's been, and um, in seeing the way that uh, games, you know, the your first, second, third week uh, games, you know, they matter in the season. And obviously for a team like, you know, A&M, it's, man, you know, that, that game against Clemson, oh my goodness, you know, that mattered big time. And Alabama, so, yeah. Man, you know, it, excuse me, Alabama, yeah. And so just seeing, um, just seeing uh, the the way that this has panned out, I think is really great for college football fans. But um, you know, I, I think I think we're in for a really uh, you know exciting uh, college football playoff here coming up in a couple of weeks. And 
Um, you know, it, obviously, you know, Alabama will be heavily favorited, you know, I would yeah. assume against Notre Dame, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like you. I would love to see, you know, the trilogy of Notre Dame, Clemson, rounds three. Let's let's see what happens, man. So I think that would be pretty epic. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame's going to get there. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Alabama. Alabama, prior to yesterday, their average point differential was 33 points a game. They were blowing teams out. And so really, <laughs> it's kind of like this is a year, Scott, where you could, if people were really strong on there should only be two teams and never expanding the playoffs, I think this is a year you could actually make an opposite argument of expanding the playoffs where you could mm. just say let's put Alabama Clemson in there let's just skip ahead because I mean Ohio State is probably going to give Clemson a decent game but you could also say Ohio State they only played six games this year they didn't look overwhelmingly dominant Justin Fields struggled against elite competition people are kind of on the fence whereas you have schools in the SEC and the Big 12 that actually played a full 10, 11 game season. So I think you could actually just, if you were to go the opposite where I I'm big on expanding the playoff, you could say, let's just skip ahead. Let's get to that Alabama Clemson game, because I think that's where most of us, a good chunk Mm -hmm. of the population believe that's going to be the national championship game. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, to, to have an upset in either of the semifinals where, a Notre Dame team wins or an Ohio State team wins, um, you know, that would, I think we would, uh, you know, all come into, you know, 2021 with, with some uh, certain levels of shock going, wow, you know, we, <laughs> we would assume Alabama and Clemson are, are going to be the two horses in the race at the end of the day. Yeah. And so with Cincinnati, problem I have, Scott, right now, I know you really like it. I think that we've made necessary progress in expanding this thing. So the 2010s, we went from two to four teams, and that was a step in the right direction. I think based on what we saw today, Cincinnati goes undefeated. They beat three ranked opponents. They won most of their uh, – there are only two games that they played that were relatively close. Those were That was yesterday's game against Tulsa, which I actually think if that game – is isn't raining i think cincinnati lights up the scoreboard a little more i don't think it would have been as close (laughs) um but i mean look they did everything that you could ask of them and we went to valparaiso scott and i saw with the basketball program we had an elite basketball program a team that was getting votes in the top 25 when you and i were there they had a great Mm -hmm. team no one wanted to play valpo kansas kentucky duke they they didn't want to play valpo because there was more for them to lose by playing Valpo. It's kind of like that that old debate mm-hmm. that you see in a TV show where it's like, you're going to fight a girl? Like, there's nothing to gain from it. You you win, and everyone thinks you're a jerk because you beat up a girl, and <laughs> you lose, then everyone's going to laugh at you and say you got beat by a girl. It's kind of like that right now with these smaller you know, group of five teams. They don't get that respect, so they don't... And this year also... With COVID, not a lot of teams were playing non-conference games, but Cincinnati has no real opportunity to battle one of those blue bloods in their mm-hmm. non-conference schedule. So we already saw Notre Dame and Texas A&M get their opportunity against that elite competition. I'd like to see Cincinnati get in there, and if they're not going to do that in the top four, then I would like to go to eight. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a great argument for it. And yeah. And I think, you know, 
over time, I would love to see college football playoff expanded Oof. as well, you know, because you do have some really good teams that are in that, you know, five, six, seven, eight spot that um, can equally make an argument that they should be in the mix as well. And and I, I love your, uh, your point on just Cincinnati, you know, kind of call them, call them uh, for lack of a better term, just a mid major in this race. Yeah. You know, they're, I know they're, you know, a high caliber division one school, but you know, as compared to an Alabama or a club, you know, they're, they're a mid-major. And so, um, you know, the, the strength of their schedule won't be as tough. Um, you know, they're, they're going to play some, uh, you know, some, some, you know, lower caliber teams and have some blowout wins, but you can question whether those, those wins are as justified. Whereas, you know, um, you know, the, the top four college football playoff teams now, they're, you know, they're kind of, their wins against, you know, the lesser teams are still more high caliber than Cincinnati. You know, you're playing in the SEC or you're playing in the Big Ten. I mean, that's just, um, you know, uh, better football. And so, uh, but I think, you know, if you don't allow the Cincinnati's of the world to have a, have a shot at, uh, you know, the, the full thing, you know, you're not really allowing them a chance to, to really gauge how good they are. And, and who knows, you know, you have an, you know, an unbeaten Cincinnati team. Maybe if they're in the college football play, they come in and, and get a win, you know, how yeah. crazy would that be? But um, to your point, man, I, yeah, over time, I would love to see it get, you know, expand to eight. Cause I think uh, just, you know, how cool to bring in um, just more viewership, more, more fans. I mean, that, that's what makes college football so great. It's just the fans and um, you know, to, to get a school like Cincinnati and man, you know, you get, uh, just another part of the country, you get another part of this, you know, uh, another conference involved. It could be pretty special. Yeah, I think what I'd like to see, and I've been making this case for weeks, it seems, let's go to eight as the next step. And maybe you go bigger than that. But it's like, we went in the 2010s, it was four, let's go to eight in the 2020s. And we give the power five champions an automatic bid. And then you give one to the highest ranked group of five team. And then you have two at large bids. <laughs> and this year I would have actually, I mean, we, I'll probably save this for later. Or maybe I'll write a piece about it. Who would be in my top eight this year? But <clears throat> I would have coastal Carolina in there too, because coastal Carolina, they beat two top 20 opponents. The Big 12 actually went 0-3 against the uh, Sun Belt this year. Louisiana beat Iowa State by 17 points, and Iowa State was number six in the country going into this week. I thought the Sun Belt was legitimate. Now, yeah. I, I wouldn't put Coastal at number four, but I, I would, in an, in an eight-team playoff, they'd absolutely be in there for me. Yeah, you know, and you kind of expand this, or, or you know, you, you correlate it, I should say, to, you know, March Madness. And yeah. at the end of the day, you get the best of the best, no matter if you are, you know, the Gonzaga's of the world, or if you're, if you're, you know, a Valpo where you're a mid-major team and you're making a run at the tournament. And so, you know, it could be fun to see what this would mean for college football. If we could have kind of that March madness feel uh, yeah. in a, in an 18 college football playoff bracket at some point. I'm glad you bring up Gonzaga because they won. They put up like 90 points yesterday against Iowa. It was Iowa's at number three in the country. Gonzaga's made its case right now. They are the best team in the country, college basketball wise, and I think they're going to win a national championship this year. I mean, obviously, there's a long way to go, and you're going to have to win those games in March. It's a long journey, mm -hmm. but Gonzaga mm -hmm. would never have been in this position to win a national championship. Mm -hmm 
if college basketball was structured the way that college football is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's kind of funny now. You know, you say you say Gonzaga, and people automatically assume, oh, wow, that's a you know, that's a great basketball team. That's a great yeah. school. I mean, people might not even know where Gonzaga is located, <laughs> but they know that they're that that's going to be a basketball team that's going to you know make a make a Final Four run potentially every year. And, yeah. and and you know, what could that mean for college football at some point too? So, Scott, um, going back to the top four, I really think Cincinnati should be in there, and I really think it's a shame, it's a true you know, robbery that they don't get an opportunity to compete. They don't get an opportunity to lose on the field. That's the thing that I think a lot of people are turned off by with college football. Make, I want to make myself clear. I absolutely love college football. I just don't love the way that we arrive at a champion. I think the ending of the season can, you know, sometimes it's ultra satisfying. Last year, LSU was clearly the best team, but then there's the UCF case, and now there's a Cincinnati case, both out of the American. I think the American's proven that it's a legitimate, good conference. I mean, some people think American might be this year better than the Pac-12, but having said all of that, there was one team that I actually would have accepted getting into the four spot over all the teams that we mentioned, I actually think Oklahoma, the way that they closed out this season, they are a totally different team from the team that lost to Kansas State at home early in the season. They lost, they started out, they lost their first two conference games. It started to look like a rebuilding year. And Spencer Rattler really came into his own. I put up a stat on Twitter, his touchdown interception ratio those first three conference games was like nine nine touchdowns five picks and over the final six games it was uh 12 and one pick i think that guy is a star in the making he he'd be on my heisman watch list i think oklahoma or going into next year i think oklahoma actually had a legitimate case i mean they won the big 12 and these other two teams that we're kind of talking about with A&M and Notre Dame, they both finished second and, uh, you know, in A&M's case, third at best in their conferences. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the cool thing about Oklahoma over the past couple seasons, obviously with some transfers, but they've always been incredibly strong at the quarterback position. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's that's been their strength for a high-powered offense. You need to have a signal caller that can – that can swing it, but also um, that's mobile enough to, to make some plays on the ground. And, um, you know, I think early in the season, a lot of people did doubt Oklahoma uh, with Spencer Rattler. Hey, it's a rebuilding year. Hey, he's a freshman. He's unproven. And, you know, he finished the season um, just shy of 2,800 yards. Which yeah. Is, um, put him at ninth in the country. And I mean, goodness, whenever you can do that, you are as a freshman too. I mean, you are, <laughs> you are on a trajectory for, to be a big time player. And so, uh, while while some people are you know probably disappointed uh, you know that that the Sooners didn't um, you know start off the season as strong I think their end was really great to your point Jack and man I think they got some great momentum heading into next year with with a Spencer Rattler who has a year under his belt uh, and, and is returning some other high powered you know uh, weapons on the offense and man I think I think Oklahoma is going to be in this mix if not next year maybe in two years uh, as another you know, uh, national title contender. Oklahoma has now won six straight Big 12 championships, which is sort of the Kansas version of uh, the football (laughs) in the conference. Kansas does that in basketball every year. But, 
Yeah, Spencer Rattler, if he doesn't get drafted, he's still got three more years of eligibility. So he could become a big-time star that people are going to be very familiar with, potentially an even bigger star than Derek Day at Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and then don't forget about Jalen Hurts in there, too. Yeah. I mean, they've had just the, the trio of incredible <laughs> quarterbacks, but, you know, all uh, – Heisman caliber. I know, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't get it, but some some may say he should have. But man, you know, and to have Spencer Rattler kind of be the the groomed heir of the throne. I mean, uh, man, it's it is exciting for a team like Oklahoma. And uh, you know, ha- had they had a you know maybe a couple more weeks of games, yeah, who knows? Maybe they could have cracked the top four after all. Yeah, maybe. So we'll run through some of these games from the weekend. So Oklahoma beat. Iowa State and Iowa State had a good year. They, you know, ended up losing three games with that loss yesterday. But I think Brock Purdy is an NFL talent, in my opinion. Yeah, I, Iowa State. I, you know, I always feel bad for them at the end of every season, where <laughs> they'll always have a couple, a couple big upset wins, but they'll always have a couple losses that you kind of scratch your head and go, you know, did they really lose that game? And yeah, they always, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the exact stat is, but they always feel like they are a a three loss or a four loss team. They're kind of like the, uh, the old Bo Pelini Nebraska team. Yes. They were always, they were always, you know, nine and three, eight and four, uh, like a really solid team, but just could never get over the hump to be an undefeated or a one loss team. So yeah, I feel for Iowa state and, and Purdy, you know, he's, he's a great quarterback. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. Are you tapped into where you think these guys, how they project as pros? Do you think he's like a, like a first, second, third round pick? Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's, he's probably not a, a first round yeah. pick. I, I would be surprised if he was, but I could see him at least being above a fourth round pick. I yeah. mean, he just kind of has, he just kind of has the build, um, the arm strength, um, to be, to be an NFL guy. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. In addition to Oklahoma winning another Big 12 championship, Oregon pulled off the victory over USC on Friday night. And you know what's funny is I had been thinking, like I said earlier, I was arguing you could give in an 18 playoff an automatic bid to Power 5. I don't even know if you'd want to do that with the Pac-12, though, because you got a two-loss <laughs> Oregon team. They went 3-2 and two prior to Friday in a short five-game season. Now, USC, the comeback kids, Keaton Slovis, they were pretty fun to watch this year. I would have liked to see them had they won that game in an expanded playoff. I think they'd be a really compelling team, but... Keaton Slovis, what was he doing with that interception in the fourth quarter? He was throwing the ball out of bounds. That, that was a big mistake. Yeah, it's you know he ended the game with with three interceptions. It's tough to win games when when your quarterback throws uh, throws three interceptions, and obviously you know they're chucking it around. I think he, he finished you know twenty eight for fifty two. So you know they they definitely need to be effective with the football when you throw it that many times. But at the end of the day, you got to be smart with it too. Um, you know every. Every pass does matter in the grand scheme. So, yeah, t- tough loss for USC to, to end their season that way. Big win for Oregon, but I'd argue that an even bigger win for the Ducks came earlier in the week when they extended Mario Cristobal. He will be sticking around in Oregon. There have been some rumors. I know that some of these big programs like Auburn and some of the Michigan fans were saying, hey, maybe we could lure him away, but... 
uh, that's that's uh, that's big for the Oregon to keep that coach. He's a really good coach. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, to have some good stability there in Eugene, uh, develop the program, continue to help the Ducks, um, you know, find success on the field. Um, you know, that, that that's always a good thing for college football fans too. You know, we, you know, it's always fun reminiscing on the days that Oregon was such a powerhouse from the big, or you see from the Pac-12. And, yeah. Um, you know, hope, hopefully with the contract extension, that can be the case for the Ducks moving forward. We had the big SEC championship game last night. Turned out to be an entertaining game. Alabama on top of the Florida Gators, 52-46. Second straight week with a loss for the Gators after they lost in that walk-off 57-yard field goal against LSU the previous week. Well, that wasn't a walk-off, but 57-yard kick won it last week. This week, 52-46. Alabama gets the win. That was a game where Alabama had a lead and they hung on to it the whole game. If Florida had led that game, it would have been really exciting to see that game go back and forth. Yeah. I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm bummed that Florida couldn't, couldn't string this season together. You know, I was, I'm a big fan of Kyle Trask. I think he um, is just a really good quarterback and his numbers this season were, you know, fantastic. And uh, you know, obviously uh, you know, they're combined. Uh, I was just looking here. You know, I think they combined their three losses this year uh, to A&M, LSU, and Alabama was a combined 12 points. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, to look at to look at 12 points and three losses for, for a Gator team that had all of the talent to really, um, you know, in my opinion, be a, a, you know, a top four team. I mean, that's, that's disappointing. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, they, they got some, you know, Trask had a great, you know, tight end in Pitts, um, yeah. who will, you know, enter the NFL draft. And I think, you know, he'll have some great Sundays ahead of him, but man, it is too bad if you're, you know, you're a Gators fan because, uh, they, they, they could have had a really, really special season. So tough, tough for them to go out that way in the SEC championship. Yeah, that was tough. Would you have Kyle Trask as your Heisman? Man, you know, early in the season, if you had asked me, I would have said, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, uh, now, now I don't think so. Um, you know, I think Mac Jones is kind of the, uh, probably, uh, front runner in, in the eyes of, uh, many people. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can, uh, say Kyle Trask should be in there to, you know, just because he has a three losses to, you know, had, had he had you know, an undefeated season, probably a different story, but, uh, a, a great, I mean, great quarterback, nonetheless, a really cool story just to see, uh, him succeed on the field. Yeah, I think Jones is probably going to win it, but I'm starting to, I watched that game yesterday and I was thinking the two best players on the field might not even be the quarterbacks. Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith, both those guys are going to be great pros. They're both going to be top 10 picks and they both, I mean, both those quarterbacks really benefit from throwing to those guys. I sort of wish that I mean, over the last five years or so, I think the last running back to win it was Derrick Henry. It's been a quarterback-only award, and we haven't seen a receiver mm-hmm. win it since Desmond Howard in 1991, I believe was the last time. There's a strong case to be made for both of those, uh, the receiver and the tight end. Let me ask you this. Speaking of quarterbacks, I know uh, Davo Sweeney yesterday, kind of in the, the post-conference or post-game presser, uh, after they won the, the the championship, he was saying that he he thinks Trevor Lawrence uh, needs to be tied to the the Heisman, or the Heisman should be uh, tie their name to Trevor Lawrence. What are your <laughs> thoughts? You know, is 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 
Trevor Lawrence uh, the Heisman winner, or is he just going to be another runner-up? You know, he might win it. I don't know. It's really tough. I, I feel like he has a really good shot at it, considering the fact that he's just been the face of college football for three years now. But if you were mm-hmm. to actually get into the nuts and bolts of it, he missed a good chunk of time this year due to COVID. And that's where it gets a little tricky because you look at how many games did he play. Well, he didn't play as many as the typical Heisman would. And then uh, with Justin Fields, I mean, I don't think Justin Fields is a Heisman, but I mean, he only played six games total. That's where it's kind of like you go with like a Cy Young pitcher. You don't give it to a guy who threw only 120 innings. A lot of times you see guys, you know, you, you got to pitch more games. You got to go deeper into the games. You got to throw more innings. That's where personally I would not go with Trevor, but I do think that you, you'd be hard pressed to make an argument for a better player in college football. He is, he is the best player in the sport. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just a winner, man, and he's just got kind of an X-factor moxie behind him. So, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, statistically, he's not the, the um, you know, the best quarterback uh, from a numbers standpoint, but I think he brings a great argument to the table. Where, yeah. Man, he's just a gamer, and, like, he yeah. is – you know, when he's on the field, it's an X factor type of moment. And, you know, I, I think back to, you know, the, the, the first time Notre Dame and Clemson played saying, Hey, you know, um, you know, but things have been different, you know? And yeah. uh, I think uh, he's just a, he's just a great, you know, a great face for college football holds himself in a great standard. And, you know, he can swing the rock too. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I haven't casted my vote for what it's worth, <laughs> but uh, he's definitely in my, in my top uh, Heisman contenders. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a really tricky year to pick one. There are like five or six guys, and I think if the vote is really divided, he would have a really good chance of winning it for that reason. Yeah, and I think you look, and not not that the Heisman is a is a holistic college career yeah. uh, type of award, um, but at the same time, you're like, okay, you know, in in a COVID season where things are different, and you know. It, sometimes it's apples to oranges, depending on how many games guys played. And some guys racked up a whole lot of stats. Some guys weren't able to just because they didn't have an, as many opportunities on the field. You know, you wonder, hey, do you kind of look at uh, maybe a step beyond this season and, and start to think, hey, you know, do we need to take in a couple other factors? Um, you know, again, you could argue it one way or the other, but, you know, at the end of the day, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, just a big time player. And, and he'll, he'll have a, I think he'll have a great, uh, uh, NFL career too so I'm, I'm excited yeah. to just hear him on on Sundays yeah it's funny watching the Jets find a new way to lose each week so they can secure that <laughs> number one pick but hey the Clemson Tigers as we mentioned they come out on top over Notre Dame Fighting Irish 34 to 10 they looked next level yesterday they I really don't think that there's a there are any teams that are I don't think anyone's better than Alabama and Clemson this year yeah, I mean they are they are in true Alabama and Clemson fashion yeah. and just what we would expect. You know, 2020 has been an interesting year, but uh man, these two teams find a way, you know, every week just to to put the best product on the field. And so I I think it's going to be uh a good college football playoff. I think 
you know, I, I do think Notre Dame and Ohio State, they're going to have their work cut out for them, man. Yeah. You know, they're going to they're gonna need to take these next 10 days and really prepare, you know, more than they have ever prepared if they really want a chance to win and win against an Alabama and a Clemson team that are just clicking on all, all cylinders and they're, um, they're doing what they need to do and that they've always done. So it'll be, it'll be interesting, man. That's for sure. Ohio state, as we mentioned, they struggled yesterday against Northwestern. And I was honestly not overly optimistic. We chase BB and I called the games last week and we actually were pretty spot on with all of our picks. Uh, we said, Northwestern's going to make it a game. It's going to be close. It's going to be something like 10-7 at the half, and Ohio State's going to pull away, but not not by a blowout margin. It's going to be relatively close. The Cats were in that game. Uh, they didn't get my hopes up too high because based on everything I've experienced with Northwestern, I, I can't expect them to pull out and win those games. It feels like they're always <laughs> going to find a way to lose, but great season for the Cats. Pat Fitzgerald is one heck of a coach, and uh, they looked pretty good yesterday. It was unfortunate. It was, you know, Ohio State's benefited from when they played Indiana, when they played Northwestern, both those teams just shot themselves in the foot too many times. Mm-hmm. Both those games could have easily been won by the other side. For sure, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, hats off to to Northwestern. Great season. You know, kind of wish they would have been undefeated and, and pulled out that win a couple yeah. weeks back against Michigan State. But uh, and, and you, you kind of wonder, as far as you know, does that does that take a little bit of their uh, their mojo away, knowing hey, we kind of let up, uh, you know, kind of a bad loss to to a, a not so good Michigan State team, and does does that kind of linger in the back of your mind when you go against? uh, you know, number four, Ohio state. And so, yeah, you know, you know, unfortunately the cats, um, couldn't pull it together, but all in all, uh, great season, Pat Gerald, incredible coach. Um, hopefully he'll have some more years at, at, uh, in Evansville, but obviously he'll start getting some, some, he'll start getting some NFL looks, you know, sooner yeah. or later. So he's, uh, he's proven though. And, uh, hopefully Northwestern will just continue to do what they've been doing. Yeah, I hope he never leaves, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think that <laughs> I know someone floated Nate Smith, who was on the show a few weeks ago. He texted me and he said maybe he could be someone Auburn tries to get. And I mean, you have to pay him a lot of money. I don't think I don't I can't really see Pat Fitz leaving Northwestern for another college job, but I I could see it at the pro level. Yeah, I I think I would agree for that. I think you know you think Northwestern football you automatically think Pat Fitzgerald and, and I think he'll be one that if he takes another job, it'll be in the NFL realm. Uh, you know, to, to see, to see Pat Fitzgerald on the sideline in any other color than purple, um, <laughs> uh, just would not be right. It would not be right. Cincinnati pulls out that victory last night against Tulsa. Tulsa was a, an underrated, they were a good team. They were picked to finish ninth in the American coming into the season, and they scrapped together a nice season. They played, it was Oklahoma State, uh, relatively closely early in the season. That was their only loss prior to yesterday. And uh, their basketball program is a pretty decent one at that too. But Cincinnati tops off that 9-0 season, and I mean, we're still kind of figuring out right now who's going to get... I mean, they're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl for sure. Um, I don't think we've gotten those matchups yet. Uh, I could be wrong. Have you seen anything about that, Scott? I haven't seen anything yet, no. But I, I would assume Cincinnati will have a shot at being in it. 
Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I wouldn't say... Here's where I know some people like to say the bowl games, the non-national championship games don't matter. They do matter because this is an opportunity for Cincinnati to say, screw you to the committee. We should have been there. We can hang with the big boys. UCF did it three years ago. Nice opportunity <laughs> for Cincinnati. Again, I mean, devastating devastating end to that season it's so tough you do everything you can and you don't have an opportunity to compete on the field instead you lose in the court of public opinion than you do on the field that's a tough pill to swallow but you know i'm thinking a little bit scott in terms of what can the schools like cincinnati like coastal carolina do in order to get into the playoff in the future at least warrant more consideration Obviously, the Power Five juggernauts, the Blue Bloods, as we talked about, they don't want to play those teams. So maybe the best thing is for Cincinnati, BYU, Coastal Carolinas of the world to play each other, like we saw with that Coastal and BYU game. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, you know that's a great point because if it's difficult for these schools to get these Power Five elite matchups might as well go with the others that are trying to do the same. Right. And, and, and yeah. I think that's a you know fantastic point because you're saying, Hey, we're going to be mono mono with, you know, people that are kind of in the same boat that we are, and we're going to try and prove ourselves. And obviously you just make your argument more valid when you do have success against the other kind of mid major mid tier, uh, you know, up and coming schools like the Cincinnati's, like the BYU's. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think if, if you're not able to schedule the big dogs or, you know, an SEC school or a big 10 school um, in the seasons ahead, you might as well just do what, you know, you can control what you can control, go into every game, win it, win it, you know, win it big and uh, try and schedule the best opponents that you can. And you kind of, you know, just make your case, you know, year after year, and hopefully you'll get your nod at some point. Yeah, I don't. I, even with that, I still it's hard for me to see the college football playoff putting those teams in. I that's why I think we got to expand it. But I mean, we covered everything with that, Scott. Another one: San Jose State winning the Mountain West Championship. I I don't. This may have been the first time that they ever won. Uh, I definitely know it was the first time they ever beat B, uh, Boise State. They win that game 34-20. Good story with San Jose State this year. Yeah, you know, it's good to it's good to see um a team come out of the Mountain West and and overcome the, you know, perennial Boise State Blanco good football team. So, yeah, hats yeah. up to to San Jose State. Yeah. And Scott, in terms of games from yesterday, d- did we touch on everything? Was there anything else that I missed that you wanted to talk about? Man, I think we I think we covered the gamut, man. And you know, obviously, <laughs> um, kind of a kind of a weird culmination to just an interesting season. And um, you know, you know, at the end of the day, though, I think you can probably agree, Jack. It's just good to have football back, man. Oh, it's good yeah. to have college football <laughs> on a Saturday and to have some semblance of championship uh conference games and um you know i i think i think it'll be an interesting setup coming up in 10 days or so or whatever it is when we have um college football playoff but uh, all in all no i i think 
I think there weren't too many surprises coming out of yesterday. I'll just say that. <laughs> so it is weird that we're only about 10 days away from the playoff because typically this stuff is decided two weeks earlier and we have like several weeks without football, but we're going to be getting that playoff pretty soon. Scott, give me your championship pick. Man, I think uh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to say Clemson is going to Clemson is going to be the champion this year. You know, I think I think it'll come down to Clemson wow. and Alabama. I think I think uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, I think he's going to go out and do his thing. Uh, obviously, he has some great weapons around him. Will it be tough for sure? Will it be close? Yes, uh, but I, I know. I think you get Davo Sweeney, Trevor Lawrence um, coming back and seeking a little revenge after last year, man. Um, this is this is their comeback story. I think they still have a sour taste in their mouth with how things unfolded last year against LSU and Joe Burrow. So yeah, man, I think you got a motivated Clemson football team here in the off season, or excuse me, the postseason, and I think they're going to do something special. Yeah, I think I'll I'll give my pick later because uh, I do this podcast every week, so people can hear my pick later on. But yeah, I think it's I definitely do think it's going to be those two teams, and I think it will be a great game. I I don't think that the first round is going to be a great <laughs> great week, uh, but that's par <laughs> for the course with this new fourteen playoff. It seems we always have at least one blowout each year. The best hope is that Ohio State Clemson game. Uh, they had a really good match last mm-hmm. year. Hopefully, we can get a good sequel this time around. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, let's just get some good football in, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just have some fun matchups. Um, some some good. Uh, I'm an offensive guy, so some good scoring, and uh, <laughs> let's just see where the chips fall, right? Absolutely. My last thing I have for you, Scott. We've been talking a little bit lately about these quarterbacks and what we're looking at with the NFL draft leading up. Past Trevor, which guy do you like the best? Yeah, that is that is a great question. Um, you know, I I think you know you bring a, a good point. You know, with with the you know Iowa State. You, know, you got you got Purdy coming out and. Um, you know, you got, you got just some, some good talent. You know, I, I haven't done my full scouting report yet. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, a lot of it is I'm curious to see what happens at the end of the NFL season to see, okay, who are going to be the teams that are the bottom feeders or, or, or they need a quarterback uh, yeah. to draft. Because I, I think, you know, a lot of it is you need the right quarterback in the right system, you know, Example, yeah. a Russell Wilson, where he wasn't the number one draft pick. But, man, did did Seattle draft well when they drafted <laughs> Russell Wilson out of Wisconsin. And, you know, you look at a guy who's uh, a good fit for that Seattle offense. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see um, just how all the chips fall. And obviously, you know, that January to February, uh, you know, it, it's fun to see kind of the bidding war between the, the projected you know, quarterbacks overall. Um, obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the, the top dog coming out. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, the, the quarterbacks that fall in succession to him, uh, it's a toss-up. But I, I do think, um, you know, there, there are going to be some NFL teams, man, that, that need some of these studs coming out. So uh, <laughs> may, maybe for a later time, I'll give you my full synopsis. <laughs> but right. uh, I, I think it's um, – I, I do think – that uh, that these NFL teams, 
need, you know, you look at the Jets. I, you know, I'm a Colts fan. I say you got to look at the Colts as, as someone who needs a, a long-term solution. So hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's uh, one or two gems here coming up this, uh, this offseason. I'll give you a suggestion for the Colts. How about the Colts trade for Matthew Stafford? Hmm. So you get Stafford for three, maybe four years. He's still in his prime. I mean, he he has been wounded quite a bit. He's taken a lot of bad hits. He, he's always playing hurt. But I truly believe that Matthew Stafford has been probably the most overlooked, underrated quarterback from the past decade. He's been right around 4,000 yards every year. He's been stuck in Detroit in a bad organization, <laughs> never really had a great coach, never a great offensive coach. Put him on a contending team and watch what happens. I think Stafford on the Colts. I mean, the AFC right now, Colts are a legitimate contender as it is, but mm-hmm. wow. Could you imagine how competitive the AFC would be next year? Do you like that fit? Yeah, you know, I I agree with Matt Stafford. He, he has been overlooked um, as just a, a really – uh, a really good quarterback, man. And and he has not had a lot of things go in his favor. Like you said, he's been beat up every, every year at some point. And so, you know, you put him in a solid organization with a cast of characters around him uh, offensively that can get things done on their end. And I, I think he's, he's a, a top five, top four quarterback. If, if he yeah. had everything going in his favor. So to put him in the indie mix, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad suggestion. You know, personally, I would like to see uh, someone young and be groomed that we could have a, a long-term solution. But at the same time, man, um, the Colts have some good things going. Why not bring in a Matt Stafford and make a legit Super Bowl run? Hey, man, we, we need a bounce back after those Peyton years. And if we can get it <laughs> through Matt Stafford, I'm all in for it. Well, I think it's tough just because the Colts are too good to be picking too high in this draft so they would have to trade <laughs> up or maybe there maybe there is a guy who falls a little further in the draft whether it's trask or i mean i don't think fields is gonna fall that far but i i would i'm not as high on fields as other people are i like zach wilson the best out of byu i think he's climbing mm-hmm. up the draft board so it's gonna be challenging i mean we'll see again we'll talk more about this in a few months but i think as it stands right now, the Colts can win a championship if they, I mean, they can technically, they can win it now, but if they upgrade a quarterback and they make an immediate upgrade and maybe they, maybe they draft a guy like Purdy in the third round or, and they can, you know, see what, see what he's got. But I would love that fit for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah, you know, it is a, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's going to be so interesting to see how some of these quarterbacks line up with the, the teams that need it because you have a guy like Kyle Trask where he's a pretty one-dimensional quarterback. He's not going to burn you on the feet with his feet too much just because yeah. he's, he's just a big bodied presence. And so he'll swing the ball around, but then you look at a Justin Fields who does bring that element of mobility. And um, you know, even, even a guy like Trevor Lawrence can do it on his feet too. And, and obviously Zach Wilson at BYU, but um, you know, you want to look at, okay, how can we shape, um, just our offense around, you know, some of these, some of these guys that have different skill sets. So yeah, man, but you know, obviously you take on a a rookie quarterback and kind of give him the keys to the car. It's a toss up as far as whether that works or not. So to, to have some of these guys come in and learn underneath somebody could be the best thing 
you know, to happen. And so, man, you know, you, you draft a, a Kyle Trask, let's say, and I don't think the Colts will get him, but yeah. you know, you bring him under Phillip rivers for a season or two. And um, again, not that Phillip rivers is um, the, the top quarterback out there, but he's been in the league for, you know, for what seems like 80 years. And so <laughs> he, he knows the game. And so I, I think, um, you know, GMs just have to be so smart in, in how they draft um, knowing that, you, you need to look at your needs. You know, do we need a guy that can come in and light the world on fire this next season? Or can we take a guy on, groom him and have him be something special? So regardless though, man, we need the Colts, or I guess I should say, I need the Colts <laughs> to, to really, to really uh, uh, put things in gear here this season and hopefully have some sort of momentum moving forward. <laughs> It'll be interesting to watch. Scott, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad we were able to uh, finally get you on the podcast. What would you like to plug while you're here? I mean, you wrote a book not too long ago. Uh, you got a Twitter, Instagram. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you give some plugs here, Scott? <laughs> well, Jack, no, I, I, first off, thank you for just allowing me to, to come on and chat a little college football, man. This has been fun. I'm excited to continue to follow you and the great things that you're doing. It's a, it's a great privilege. Um, as far as a plug or a, uh, promotion, man, I'm not, I'm not too good at these. Uh, you know, I, I am on, I am on Twitter and Instagram, Scott Stahl. Um, you know, I, I, I will say to your point, I did have the great opportunity to write a book with my father, um, all about loneliness and uh, kind of a up and coming, uh, just kind of social uh, and almost medical um, phenomena we're experiencing where loneliness is really uh, just kind of a, a silent, uh, it's a silent setback for a lot of people. And so we wrote this book in the conjunction of uh, how can we uh, really inspire students and the loneliness that pervades high schools and really encourage and motivate students to, to show up, uh, which is the name of the book, to show up for one another. And, uh, you know, it, those are, those are truths that uh, not only apply for students, but um, really for, uh, for anyone where it's, you know, how can we uh, be people, especially in a 2020 COVID uh, era uh, to be able to really um, show up. Sometimes it has to be virtually and in distance and uh, don't want to break any of those things, but how can we really have a mentality of, of showing up and loving other people, being present where we're at, uh, investing relationally with, uh, with people that, um, you know, we, we cross paths with. So uh, that's the, that's the plug, Jack. I appreciate it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, glad, glad that, uh, you know, just to have this opportunity. And uh, like I said, I'm excited to continue to follow you and cheer you on brother. It's uh, it's a joy. <laughs> Thanks. That's very kind of you, Scott. I will have the link to Scott's book on jackvita.com on this post uh, at the bottom below the podcast. You can click the link to that. It's on Amazon. You can get his book show up, and uh, Scott, how about you want to give a pitch for Fellowship of Christian Athletes while you're at it? Hey, sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at FCA, uh, you know, it, it's actually uh, very cool. Jack, you and I actually, that's how we met uh, yeah. through FCA. We were both in uh, what we call a huddle, you know, small group, uh, small group Bible study uh, on campus at Valparaiso University when we were both there and um, really, really was the, the incubator of a great friendship. And so, um, I, I then, after uh, having played uh, played football at Valparaiso University, like you mentioned, uh, came on staff with FCA like 30 days after graduating and uh, came on with FCA and, and have been on staff uh, ever since. And, and really, you know, our organization 
focused uh, on our vision uh, of seeing the world transformed uh, by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And uh, we say all that to say, you know, at the end of the day, our, our ministry looks at the influence of a coach, the influence of an athlete. And we say, how can we empower these coaches and athletes to use their influence for good? And, and that's really the how this ministry got started 66 years ago. And, and we still hold true to it today of, of being able to come alongside these influencers in society and really be able to pour into them and invest into them. And, uh, you know, FCA, it's fun to see um, just the growth that has happened even in the past couple of years where we now have a, a presence in 93 countries and uh, just surpassed 2000 staff uh, as an organization. And, uh, you know, the number of coaches and athletes we work with on a week to week basis are, you know, it's in the thousands and uh, tens of thousands, really. And, um, you know, we're, we're incredibly grateful for um, the, the platforms and opportunities we have. And um, we just want to be, uh, you know, good stewards of uh, these these um, great inroads with with these key influencers in society. And, and not only that, but we really want to see um we want to see some great redemption to the world of sports because uh, for all the, the ugliness that we see, uh, we just want to be a, a force of good and a catalyst of light in sometimes what can be kind of a, uh, a dark uh, or, or crazy place. And so that's where we see ourselves. Um, we're, we're incredibly privileged. Um, FCA.org, find out more about uh, just our ministry and what we're after. But uh, yeah, man, if for nothing else, it brought you and me together. So I'm, I'm grateful, undoubtedly. Amen, brother. That's some great stuff. And just to clear things up for those that are listening, I was not a Division One athlete, but <laughs> so I was one of the. I was probably the only person at the time involved with FCA who was not an athlete. But the thing was, I was covering all these sports for the school newspaper and calling games on ESPN three. So my schedule was centered around the athlete calendar. So. The uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes met at a time that all athletes were able to meet. So my schedule lined up perfectly with these guys, and I absolutely love sports, so it was a great fit. Hey, man, it was a perfect fit. It couldn't have been any better. <laughs> yeah, and that. so going on to say that, you don't have to be an athlete to be involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah, no, you're so right. And, you know, predominantly um, we have a lot of inroads um, at, at different schools, you know, middle schools, high schools, colleges, uh, and then even off-campus sports with the rise of club, travel, uh, AAU league teams, uh, you know, we're, there's there's incredible opportunities for, uh, you know, listeners to get plugged in with this ministry, um, camps in the summertime, uh, you know, things during the school year. So, yeah, it is, it is an incredible um, just ministry way to get plugged in if you're curious about faith or if you um, already are uh, you know, walking in the ways of Jesus and you're looking, how can I intersect my faith and my sport and really live it out? A um, lot, lot of great resources too. Um, so FCA.org is a great one-stop shop for those that are curious. Amen. Well, Scott, this is a lot of fun. We're going to have to do it again sometime. Uh, if not during the college football playoff, then certainly next season. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Consider me close. And uh, like I said, <laughs> thank you for this opportunity. It was a lot of fun. My pleasure. And we will hopefully, I'll hopefully be seeing you in a few weeks for that Valpo basketball game too. Yeah, man. I got to cheer on those Crusaders somehow. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Jack.
awesome job there by Scotty. It was so much fun finally having him on the podcast. You guys should check out his book. It's called Show Up. Again, I'll include that on my website at jackvita.com. In, the, uh, in this post, when you click on this post, you'll be able to see it. I'll include a link to that book. And uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, awesome organization. Highly recommend it. If you're in college or you know someone in college, even if you don't play sports, guys, if you like sports or maybe you want to support it, look into it. It's an awesome organization. Definitely was important for me in my college years personally, and I'm sure it's important for a lot of other college students and college athletes. This was a lot of fun talking college football today. Make sure you're subscribed to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Just got added to iHeartRadio earlier in the week. So that way you will not miss out whenever there's fresh content available. And we got quite a bit of fresh content coming out. You want to hear my interview with Jaslyn Rodriguez-Hernandez, winner of last year's Big 12 Dr. Pepper tuition giveaway. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. If you don't want to miss out on hearing me, Rachel Gerhardt, talk some Christmas movies, some NFL, and MTV's The Challenge, make sure you subscribe to the show. Got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm really excited moving into 2021. I'm planning on spending a lot more time creating content. So I'm really excited about that. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Don't forget to vote for Elf or Home Alone. A winner will be crowned when I speak with Rachel Gerhardt in a few days. Don't miss out. Until then, however, I am Jack Vita, bringing the dancing lobsters. <laughs>